0: Welcome to Chapter 9 of Anne of Avonlea. Chapter 9. A Question of Color That old nuisance of Rachel Lynde was here again today, pestering me for a subscription towards buying a carpet for the vestry room, said Mr. Harrison wrathfully. I detest that woman more than anybody I know. She can put a whole sermon, text... "'comment and application into six words "'and throw it at you like a brick!' "'Anne, who was perched on the edge of the veranda, "'enjoying the charm of a mild west wind "'blowing across the newly ploughed field "'on a grey November twilight "'and piping a quaint little melody "'along the twisted firs below the garden, "'turned her dreamy face over her shoulder. "'The trouble is, you and Mrs. Lynde "'don't understand one another,' she explained, that is always what is wrong when people don't like each other. I didn't like Mrs. Lynde at first either, but as soon as I came to understand her, I learned to. Mrs. Lynde may be an acquired taste for some folks, but I didn't keep on eating bananas because I was told I'd learn to like them if I did, growled Mr. Harrison, and as for understanding her, "'I understand that she's a confirmed busybody, and I told her so.' "'Oh, that must have hurt her feelings very much,' said Anne reproachfully. "'How could you say such a thing? "'I said some dreadful things to Mrs. Lynde long ago, "'but it was when I had lost my temper. "'I couldn't say them deliberately.' "'It was the truth, and I believe in telling the truth to everybody.' "'But you don't tell the whole truth,' objected Anne.' "'You only tell the disagreeable part of the truth. "'Now, you've told me a dozen times that my hair was red, "'but you've never once told me that I had a nice nose.' "'I dare say you know it without telling,' (laughs) chuckled Mr. Harrison. "'I know I have red hair, too, although it's much darker than it used to be, "'so there's no need of telling me that, either.' "'Well, well.' "'I'll try not to mention it again since you're so sensitive. "'You must excuse me, Anne. "'I've got a habit of being outspoken, and folks mustn't mind it.' "'But they can't help minding it. "'And I don't think it's any help that it's your habit. "'What would you think of if a person just went about "'sticking pins and needles into people and saying, "'Excuse me, you mustn't mind it. "'It's just a habit I've got.' "'You'd think he was crazy, wouldn't you?' And as for Mrs. Lynde being a busybody, perhaps she is. Did you tell her she had a very kind heart and always helped the poor and never said a word when Timothy Cotton stole a crock of butter out of her dairy and told his wife he'd bought it from her? Mrs. Cotton cast it up to her the next time they met that it tasted of terminates, and Mrs. Lynde said she was sorry and had it turned up so poorly. "'I suppose she has some good qualities.' conceded Mr. Harrison grudgingly. "'Most folks have. "'I have some myself, though you might never suspect it. "'But anyhow, I ain't going to give anything to that carpet. "'Folks are everlasting begging for money here, it seems to me. "'How is your project of painting the hall coming on?' "'Splendidly. "'We had a meeting of the A.V.I.S. last Friday night "'and found that we had plenty of money subscribed "'to paint the hall and shingle the roof, too,' Most people gave liberally, Mr. Harrison. Anne was a sweet-souled lass, but she could instill some venom into innocent italics when occasion required. What color are you going to have it? We decided on a very pretty green. The woof will be dark red, of course. Mr. Roger Pye is going to get the paint in town today. Uh, Who's got the job? Mr. Joshua Pye of Carmody. He has nearly finished the shingling. We had to give him the contract, for every one of the pies, there are four families, you know, said they wouldn't give a cent unless Joshua got it. They had subscribed twelve dollars between them, and we thought that was too much to lose, although some people think we shouldn't have given it to the pies. Mrs. Lynn says they try to ruin everything. The main question is will this Joshua do his work well? If he does, "'I don't see that it matters whether his name is Pie or Pudding.' "'He has the reputation of being a good workman, "'though they say he's a very peculiar man. "'He hardly ever talks.' "'He's peculiar all right, then,' said Mr. Harrison dryly. "'Or at least folks here will call him so. "'I never was much of a talker till I came to Avonlea. "'Then I had to, to begin in self-defense.' Or Mrs. Lynde would have said I was dumb and started a subscription to have me taught sign language. You're not going yet, Anne. I must. I have some sewing to do for Dora this evening. Besides, Davy is probably wreaking havoc at Marilla's heart with some new mischief by this time. This morning, the first thing he said was, Where does the dark go, Anne? I want to know. I told him it went round to the other side of the world, but... After breakfast, he declared it didn't, that it went down the well. Marilla says she caught him hanging over the well box four times today, trying to reach down to the dark. He's a limb, declared Mr. Harrison. He came over here yesterday and pulled six feathers out of Ginger's tail before I could get him from the barn. The poor bird has been moping ever since. Those children must be a sight of trouble for you folks. Everything's worth having is some trouble, said Anne, secretly resolving to forgive Davy's next offence, whatever it might be, since he had avenged her on Ginger. Mr. Roger Pye brought the hall paint home that night, and Mr. Joshua Pye, a surly, taciturn man, began painting the next day. He was not disturbed in his task. The hall was situated on what was called the Lower Road, In late autumn, this road was always muddy and wet, and people going to Carmody traveled by the longer upper road. The hall was so closely surrounded by fir woods that it was invisible unless you were near it. Mr. Joshua Pye painted away in the solitude and independence that were so dear to his unsociable heart. Friday afternoon, he finished his job and went home to Carmody. Soon after his departure, Mrs. Rachel Lynn drove by, having braved the mud of the lower road out of curiosity to see what the hall looked like in its new coat of paint when she surrounded the spruce curve, she saw the sight affected Mrs. Lynde oddly. She dropped the reins, held up her hands, and said, Gracious Providence! She stared as if she could not believe her eyes. Then she laughed almost hysterically. (laughs) There must be some mistake. There must. I knew those pies would make a mess of things. Mrs. Lynde drove home, meeting several people on the road and stopping to tell them all about the hall. The news flew like wildfire. Gilbert Blythe, poring over a textbook at home, heard it from his father's hired boy at sunset and rushed breathlessly to Green Gables, joined on the way by Fred Wright. They found Diana Barry... Jane, and Anne Shirley, despair personified at the gate of green gables under the big leafless willows. It isn't true, surely, Anne, exclaimed Gilbert. It is true, answered Anne, looking like the muse of tragedy. Mrs. Lynde called on her way from Carmody to tell me, oh, it is simply dreadful. What is the use of trying to improve anything? What is dreadful? "'asked Oliver Sloane, arriving at this moment with a band box "'he had brought from town for Marilla. "'Haven't you heard?' said Jane wrathfully. "'Well, it's simply this. "'Joshua Pye has gone and painted the hall blue instead of green. "'A deep, brilliant blue, "'the shade they use for painting carts and wheelbarrows. "'And Mrs. Lynde says it's the most hideous color for a building, "'especially when combined with a red roof "'that she ever saw or imagined.' You could simply have knocked me down with a feather when I heard it. It's heartbreaking, after all the trouble we've had. How on earth could she have made such a mistake? wailed Diana. The blame of this unmerciful disaster was eventually narrowed down to the pies. The improvers had decided to use Morton Harris paints, and the Morton Harris paint cans were numbered according to a color card. A purchaser chose his shade on the card and ordered by the accompanying number. Number 147 was the shade of green desired, and when Mr. Roger Pye sent word to the improvers by his son, John Andrew, that he was going to town and would get their paint for him, the improvers told John Andrew to tell his father to get 147. John Andrew always averred that he did so, but Mr. Roger Pye staunchly declared that John Andrew told him one fifty seven, and there the matter stands to this day. That night there was a blank dismay in every Avonlea house where an improver lived. The gloom at Green Gables was so intense that it quenched even Davy. Anne wept and would not be comforted. I must cry, Marilla, even if I am almost seventeen, she sobbed. It's so mortifying and it sounds the death knell of our society will simply be laughed out of existence. In life, as in dreams, however, things often go by contraries. The Avonlea people did not laugh. They were too angry. Their money had gone to paint the hall, and consequently, they felt themselves bitterly aggrieved by the mistake. Public indignation centered on the Pies. Roger Pye and John Andrew had bungled the matter between them— And as for Joshua Pye, he must be a born fool not to suspect there was something wrong when he opened the cans and saw the color of paint. Joshua Pye, when thus animadverted upon, retorted that the Avonlea in colors was no business of his, whatever his private opinion might be. He had been hired to paint the hall, not to talk about it, and he meant to have his money for it the improvers paid him his money in bitterness of spirit, after consulting Mr. Peter Sloan, who was a magistrate. "'You'll have to pay him,' Peter told him. "'You can't hold him responsible for the mistake, since he claims he was never told what the color was supposed to be, but just given the cans and told to go ahead. But it's a burning shame, and that hall certainly does look awful.' The luckless improvers expected that Anne would be more prejudiced than ever against them, but instead, public sympathy veered around in their favor. People thought the eager, enthusiastic little band who had worked so hard for their object had been badly used. Mrs. Lynde told them to keep on and show the pies that there were really the people in the world who could do things without making a muddle of them. Mr. Major Spencer sent them word that he would clean out all the stumps along the road of his farm and seed it down with grass at his own expense, and Mrs. Hiram Sloane called at the school one day and beckoned Anne mysteriously out into the porch to tell her that if the society wanted to make a geranium bed at the crossroads of the spring they needn't be afraid of her cow, for she would see that the marauding animals kept within safe bounds. Even mister Harrison chuckled, if he chuckled at all in private, and was all sympathy outwardly. Never mind, Dan. Most paints fade uglier every year. But that blue is as ugly as it can be to begin with, so it's bound to fade prettier. On the roof is shingled and painted all right. Folks will be able to sit in the hall after this without being linked on. You've accomplished so much anyhow. But Avonlea's Blue Hall will be byword in all the neighboring settlements from this time out," said Anne bitterly, and it must be confessed that it was. (laughs) Have you ever been in a situation where you're trying to do something nice and it just gets so bungled? (laughs) This is why I don't cook for people because it's not worth the time and effort that I put into cooking for people because I'm a terrible cook. Um, it's not worth the time and effort because it gets bungled. You know what I mean? But, oh, that's frustrating. Don't you think? Uh, I hope it doesn't, and it's so hard not to be discouraged. Um, I hope that if that's ever happened to you, you have found the, the um, energy, the motivation, the willingness to try again, even though failing, in that way. Failing is so hard. But the good side of this story is that their society is actually beginning to thrive. People are finding compassion and they are seeing their failure and it's pricking their hearts and they're thinking, oh, that's too bad for them. Maybe I will help out. And so the good that it's doing, it's still doing good. In other words, it's not a complete failure. I love that. I will see you tomorrow, maybe, I think, with Chapter 10. Bye!